It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702 560 Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, KT, Wednesday, baby, hump day right here. Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 1 to 3 in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And uh, Thompson's feeling good. Let me tell you, a little lamb chop appetizer to start it off. Remember, happy hour at all three locations, 3 to 6 p.m. So you get discounted appetizers, and you get great drink specials on the well specials, two for one, and uh, domestic beers, I think, are two for one. All three locations, 1750 North Buffalo, right there at Vegas Drive, inside the Albertson Shopping Center. That's where Thompson is every Wednesday night, pretty much. Every now and then I'll miss one here or there, but I'll have a makeup day, and I'll let you know when that is. Also, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, right there at Windmill. Another incredible place. Geographically, in between South Point, Mandalay Bay, right there on the boulevard. Can't miss it. And then you've got the original 8410 West Cheyenne. Year number 25, the oldest of the three establishments. All three, 24 hours. All three, got to be 21 and older to get in. So we get the ground rules down. you got video gaming. Bar is huge. I mean, all the way across, end-to-end, marquee on the side of uh, the left side of each bar when you go in. They're all laid out similar. And you can see which machines are hitting, which ones are not. Just about every video poker game, progressive jackpot, same thing video kino. I mean, unbelievable jackpots at all three locations, 24 hours a day, all the sports games. I mean, if there's a game that you want to see, you just call ahead and say, hey, we'd like to, uh, an area so we could see this game. And they'll find it for you. They'll let you know. Uh, more than likely, they're going to be able to accommodate you. Washington football team uh, professional, right? The commanders over here, 1750 North Buffalo. They've got a good following. If you have a group that wants to go in and uh, bring a good crowd every week, whether it's college or pro, they can work it out. But the, the Raiders, they are catered to. Vegas Golden Knights, forget about it. Roger Sachs, Golden Knights season ticket holder. Loves it. Gives tickets away for that. Gives tickets away for the Aviators. Great place, Las Vegas Boulevard. I'm sorry, Las Vegas Ballpark right there in Summerlin over there by uh, Red Rock Casino. What a beautiful ballpark, right, for the Aviators. And Saxe's a big-time sponsor there. So remember all this stuff. Uh, There's going to be a quiz in about five minutes, so make sure you have uh, it either locked up in your noggin or that it has been written down. I will get to a lot of scores throughout the night. But I will tell you, it is beef stroganoff night here on Wednesdays and the lamb chop appetizer. That's what the KT had. That is my go-to. And I'd say 85% of the time, I'll have the lamb chops for sure to start. You can get them the regular way or you can get them a little kick, a little chipotle way with a little chipotle mayo on the side. Outstanding either way. And then the uh, beef stroganoff, it's now seven of the last ten weeks on Wednesdays that I've had beef stroganoff. That's how good it is. You just can't, you can't find it any better anywhere. You know, and nothing against my wife, and she makes them, uh, you know, a lot of great dishes. But this beef stroganoff is absolutely ridiculous. All right, Mark Hoke's been in the hits tonight, and of course, he will be back 
at PSR Law Studios, and uh, we'll be using the PSR Law Hotline to talk to Mark Lawrence, Playbook Sports. We'll get, we'll get him at 625, and then Andy Isco, the great AI, the original AI. That's right, not Allen Iverson. <laughs> Forget about it, not Andre Iguodala. Definitely not artificial intelligence, although sometimes we think Isco is artificial intelligence, but he'll be joining me hour number two. Get into a lot of college basketball, big game for the Rebs. We'll talk about that in a little bit because we've got a starting five. That's the theme that we start up with Monday through Friday. And if you're new to the Vegas Valley and you don't know SportsX Radio, we come at you 6 to 8 p.m., 101.5 FM Dawn, and then we stream live on the Odyssey app. If you don't have the app, it is a free app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. Outstanding rewind feature. You miss any part of the show or the Mark Hoke Show. My producer does a great professional wrestling show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can go back, listen to the shows in their entirety. Just search right there. Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, Mark Hoke Show. You're going to be taking care of big time. And like I said, it is a big time hump day here at Steiner's. So let's get rolling. Now, the starting five. Number one. All right, I uh, just hate stuff like this, man. It's uh, always, you know, the tough part about giving you the sports news and you're driving around, a lot of you stuck in traffic. But uh, it's just another sad note because this young man was only 27 years of age and an X Games medalist. Freestyle Jaden, his nickname was J.O. Archer. J.O. Archer, unbelievable kid from Melbourne, Australia, 27 years old. Big time in the motocross community. He's the first one that ever did a, I believe it was a triple backflip. Yeah, triple backflip in competition. He died while practicing that very trick early this morning in Melbourne, Australia. Tragic. I mean, I was always one that says, how do you start practicing for something like that? You know, you look and you're like, how do you do it? I mean, just watching the gymnasts. The, the gals when they're on like that balance beam and then they're doing these flips and they're landing on this little I'm like how, how do you do that how do you even practice and it is it's unbelievable now of course we see the finished product but we don't realize how many injuries there are every year and uh, you know here when you're doing something like motocross and you start doing the stunts that these young men do forget about it it is unbelievable it's amazing we don't have more bad news like this but this is pretty sad 27 years old J.O. Archer from Australia passed away early today while working on the triple backflip which was the one in competition that set him ahead of the uh the rest of the com- competitors there the uh, contestants and uh he will be missed big time in the sport number two all right and then we go from one extreme to the other right you lose somebody and then you have you know eight morons that got suspended from the Texas A&M Commerce Incarnate Word Brawl. And I saw this. This is, a again, a, you know, in the handshake line at the end of the game, right? Texas A&M Commerce, they swept Incarnate Word, and they won at Incarnate Word on Monday in overtime, 76-72. And, look, I, I played hoops, so I get it. You can get heated, and you can, you know, there's some bad blood sometimes. And, you know, basketball, it's not for the uh, faint of heart. You know, we look at football competition, rugby competition, but basketball. Basketball gets pretty brutal, too, and uh, sometimes, you know, when you lose a heartbreaking game and get swept, like Incarnate Word did at Texas A&M Commerce, you know, you might have something to say on the line. You do that, you got to be able to uh, back it up or be ready, and in this case, fisticuffs started flying. Next thing you know, like a Donnybrook in hockey, was crazy. It took him a long time to get everything cleared and get everybody off the court, 
Whoa. Good for the Southland Conference because they weighed in with eight suspensions, ranging from three games, two games, one game, four for both teams, and uh, we will see how those affect those teams. But these are two of the bottom cellar dwellers in that Southland Conference. But at the end of the day, I like the way the conference stepped in and said, look, we're not doing this. Uh, this is, you know, sportsmanship is big in our conference, and we'd like to keep it that way. So they came out with these flagrant, unsportsmanlike actions uh, that were penalized big time. So that is good news. Texas A&M Commerce Incarnate Ward Brawl cost both of them four players for the next bunch of games. Number three. Well, the good news is that Shea Theodore came back last night. That's good news because he was out three months after surgery. So why VGK got him back, they still struggled out of the gate. Next thing you know, you look up second period, they're down 4-1. to one. They end up losing to Nashville. 5-3 to three was the final at the Fortress. They dropped three in a row at home. This is not good. Now they are banged up, and they're even more banged up. So you get Theodore back, but Stoney goes out. So Mark Stone is out. Don't know the severity. Uh, you know, it drew a penalty, got clocked pretty good. Uh, could be a concussion type thing. We'll wait and see. Hopefully he's not out too long. We remember we lost him last year for 39 games, so need to have him. But it's good to get Theodore back. Look, VGK, they could easily drop four in a row at home. Who do they play tomorrow? Their last home game before they go away for a little bit? Toronto. So now the only good thing is that the Maple Leafs are in Tempe tonight to take on the Arizona Coyotes. So maybe they, uh, you know, go after that one a little harder knowing that VGK is smarting after three straight home losses. But we will wait and see exactly how they play tomorrow. This is a big-time game, and they've got to come up big. But it's good to have Shea Theodore back. Stoney, we're hoping you're back real soon. Number four. All right, number four. Well, we knew that Kalen DeBoer was left high and dry without an offensive coordinator when Ryan Grubb, his OC at Washington this past year, took the head coach or the uh, offensive coordinator job in that same state of Washington with the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL. So they end up hiring Nick Sheridan and Jamarcus Shepard. Now, both of these guys are going to be co-offensive coordinators there for Kalen DeBoer and Alabama. Both these guys were on his staff as offensive assistants, uh, not coordinators, but assistants. They each handled uh, tight ends and uh, I think running backs and receivers coaches. So they, he, he took two of his guys basically and made them co-offensive coordinators. And that's what you do, right? You trust in the system. You trust in the guys you have. You trust in your assistants, especially when you go 14-0 and up until that last game and then lose, you know, a heartbreaker in the national championship game. So kudos to Kalen DeBoer. I like to see it. That's what I would do. You know, I got uh, two of my boys. You know, I'm going to take uh, the shredder. And uh, yeah, I don't know who else I'd take. Maybe, I don't know if I'd take Noah Parker. Probably Chuck Edel. Chuck Edel, he, he looks like he'd be a good offensive coordinator. Those be my two buddies. Get them there. Nice pay grade upgrade, no doubt. And uh, so Alabama upgrades with Nick Sheridan, Jamarcus Shepard, both now offensive coordinators, co-offensive coordinators for Kalen DeBoer and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Number five. All right, Shoei Otani, and I'm going to go down and see him, probably with Chicago Bill, because they play in Arizona, and I'm going to make it to some of these uh, minor league games. Now, I don't know how much I'll see Otani at the plate. Again, the media is going to be ridiculous just covering this guy and this Dodger team. This Dodger team is loaded. Their win total, I think, was 102. How, how do you play it under, right? I mean, who's going to beat this team? But again, injuries come into play, so I stay away from those win totals in baseball. But there's some smart guys 
And I know 102 looks like a lot, but with this Dodger team, if they stay somewhat healthy, they are going to be lights out. They're going to be tough to beat, no question about it. And they're going to be sellouts every single game. It is just going to be unbelievable off the 101. Traffic at its finest. Boy, I'll tell you, you think you have traffic in Vegas sometimes or even in Phoenix? Forget about it. L.A., that's absolutely ridiculous. That is a parking lot to be named later. All right, but good news to us, to hear Otani say he's feeling good and he's eyeing 50 preseason at-bats. So when I go, I'm going to hope I can each at least catch one of those. This kid's a phenom. I feel bad for the Angels. They couldn't re-sign him, but I am glad that he will be on the West Coast, so I'm sure a lot of us will get a chance to see him. And stay tuned for Steiner's Pub, because Roger Sachs does that bus trip every year. It'll probably be going to a Dodger game. All you can drink, all you can eat, all that stuff, and you don't have to worry about driving. We'll keep you updated when that trip is announced, and that is a look at our starting five here on SportsX Radio. All right, before we go to break and come back with Mark Lawrence, uh, a couple other things. Justin Fields, look, he said he's tired of hearing, look, they're going to trade me, they're going to sign me, they're going to trade me, Caleb Williams, this, that. Because I'm going away on vacation. I don't want to even hear about it. I know it's a business. At the end of the day, Chicago don't want me. Get rid of me. It's okay. Let me know when I get back from vacation. I like that. You know what? He understands it's a business. Also, Arizona. Wildcats playing good ball. I talked about him last night beating ASU on the hardwood, 105-60 to 60 on Saturday in Tucson. Well, I don't know if that helped, but uh, Tommy Lloyd got a contract extension all the way through 2028-2029 season. So, I mean, he's pretty solid. He'll uh, get $5.25 million in year one of the extension, and it'll uh, go all the way up to $6 million a year in year five. Good money. 30-game season plus uh, postseason. That's not too tough, but, I mean, practices and whatnot. And there's pressure. When you take a job like Arizona, and of course Lloyd knows pressure. He saw Mark Few under it for a long time when he was his right-hand man over there at Gonzaga. All right, also real quick, want to go to uh, Champions League soccer, all right, because here this is that second week, so you get those other eight teams playing. Now, yesterday I forgot to give that out, and I want to just make sure I stay up on it because this is club soccer, and it's as good as it gets. Inter, international, they got a late goal against... Atletico Madrid, and they beat them 1-0 yesterday. And then uh, PSV Eindhoven and Borussia Dortmund, they tied at 1-1. And then today you had those other two games. And again, I, I enjoy watching these guys play. They're just phenomenal athletes. And, you know, as well as we watch our football players throw a ball, these guys kick it. But a big upset. I don't want, I don't want to say a big upset. FC Porto was actually at home. They're out of Portugal. They shut out Arsenal. Not only did they shut them out. Arsenal didn't even get a shot on goal. Porto got a goal in the 94th minute from Galeno. And that's the difference in a 1-0 home victory. And that is big time. Now, a road goal means more. So if Porto's to score at Arsenal, Arsenal would have to score three to beat them in that game. So it's because it's aggregate and it goes by. So they take the combination of the two games. But the road goal is worth more than getting a goal at home. Meanwhile, Napoli and Barcelona, that game ended in a 1-1 draw. Again, the first leg. Now they'll go back to Barcelona. They'll go back to Arsenal. And uh, I'll keep you updated as all this thing, all this stuff goes down. Champions League at its finest. Real quick, uh, about a minute, and then I'll take a break and come back with Mark Lawrence. But lots of good college basketball. And i got to just get this one score out there. My producer, Mark Cook, he's a big Nittany Lions fan. And I told him when we did the mic check at the bottom of the hour, last hour, I said Penn State has climbed back within five of the Illini. 
Wow, this is unreal. They came all the way back. I, I want to say they were down 13, 14 points at home in Happy Valley. They came back, and they won 90 to 89 was the final. Penn State gets it done. Eight-point home dogs. Game flies over the total. But Penn State takes out Illinois. That is a big-time win. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Come back with Mark Lawrence. Again, Mark Hoke spinning the hits. It is a Wednesday. Get to one of your Steiner's pub locations. I got about 38 minutes left on happy hour. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Break on the appetizers and then great drink specials. And uh, just lots of stuff always going on. But all the games are on. Great music and great crowds. Great place to hang with your friends. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Sticks. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Wednesday night. KT Live at Steiner, 1750 North Buffalo. Paying attention to all this college basketball going on. And, of course, Mark Lawrence joining us and actually going through uh, some of the baseball news and just trying to get acclimated. It's so weird when football ends. Mark Lawrence, you can uh, agree with that. Once uh, football goes away, college and pro, you start scrambling. Now, there's still draft news and always stuff coming up with uh, roster moves and coaching carousel, college pro. And, of course, you put out the playbook, <clears throat> which is an outstanding publication for every football t- uh, season. But uh, absolutely crazy stuff going on on the college hardwood. It is so much fun to pay attention to all these games night in, night out. Yeah, it sure is, Kenny. We're beginning to get some uh, college basketball fever, if you will. People are talking about teams being on the bubble right now. Uh, every game seems to have a little bit more importance than it did earlier. And uh, you see the likes of number one teams like UConn getting shot down, Purdue getting beat. So we know it's March Madness time right around the corner. There you go. And a very good effort by Creighton last night. Now, there's still some games <clears throat> that have not tipped off yet, and one of them concerns uh, a lot of folks here in the Vegas Valley. UNLV at Air Force. UNLV lost a tough game that they were up nine with eight minutes to go on Saturday. They were trying to make it six in a row, but they lost to Reno, their rival, here at Thomas and Mack. So now they have to regroup, get refocused, and they're in Colorado Springs. They've been getting a little bit of money. They're a six-and-a-half point favorite at the Westgate Superbook. Total 130-and-a-half in Colorado Springs against Air Force. That Air Force team, doesn't matter who the coach is for UNLV, always seems to be one of those pesky outs for UNLV. They lost 90-58 to in the first meeting. And, Mark, uh, I, I do keep track on a lot of these uh, games where, you know, a team gets beat as a favorite at home and then goes on the road, whether they're a favorite or a dog, different situation as they're a favorite again. What about this game? Because six and a half... I feel it's like UNLV is either going to win by 25 or they may lose again. I mean, this Air Force team, if they play their style, if you let them play their style and they are able to knock down some shots, and remember, this is going to be on their home court because they're going to hit you with some of these backdoor cuts. It's the way they do it. And if they're able to hang in there early, UNLV 
could be in some trouble. Where would you go on this game tonight? Because I think six and a half is too many for me to lay. So it's a game, although I hope UNLV crushes them, it's a game I'll stay away from. Well, this has to go into the file of a major revenge, Kenny. I mean, they were ten and a half point favorites at home in UNLV when they got upended in that bad, bad beatdown was 32 points you mentioned. Uh, what I like about the rematch in games like this is when you have a winning team that is playing with same-season loss revenge against a losing team, that losing team upended the winning team on their home court, they usually pay the price. And I think that will be the case here tonight, UNLV. I think they'll get their measure of revenge tonight, and I would lay the points. There you go. Okay, so I did that in Clemson. Clemson lost in, tri- in double overtime at home to Georgia Tech at Little John over there in South Carolina. So they were playing Georgia Tech tonight. They laid eight. They end up winning 81-57. to 57. Uh, There were a couple other ones that, that came in, but that doesn't always work out. Uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, they avenged a loss against Wofford, took care of business by 16. I'll get to some of these. George Mason, only meeting of the year with Dayton, and they beat Dayton. Flyers, pretty good team, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. They lose by four at George Mason. So some really fun games, but that Penn State comeback against Illinois, that is one that I think uh, Coach Underwood, he's got to be beside himself because they thought they had that game won, and they did not. So, uh, again, it's always interesting to scroll through the scores, especially when you're paying attention to all this stuff because you and I do it on a nightly basis. So it is a lot of fun. Uh, Duke, no problem with Miami of Florida. And as long as the Canes are not at 100% uh, man-wise, manpower-wise, they're going to continue to struggle. That's a nice effort, though, by Duke to go in as four-and-a-half-point opening favorites, go up to seven, but never let Miami in that game tonight. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised at that, Kenny, because uh, Jim Laranega is the kind of coach that will get the best out of an undermanned team, which is exactly what Miami is or was going into that contest. I was a little bit surprised to see the margin was as wide as it was. You don't find Miami losing back-to-back games, uh, home games like that. That's two consecutive home losses in a row. Playing with revenge as they were, that final score was a bit surprising to me as well. There you go. All right, so uh, one other game in the Mountain West coming up at the top of the hour. Colorado State at the pit against New Mexico, and they won the first meeting. This line now has ballooned up to eight. There's even an eight and a half I'm seeing out there, but at the Westgate Superbook, it is New Mexico minus eight, 157 and a half. I laid six and a half. Where are you on this one? The Lobo's pretty good at the pit, but they have been beaten. Well, I'm with you, Kenny. I laid six and a half also in New Mexico. I didn't like laying six and a half points. I thought that number was a tad high to begin with, but there's been a, a push to New Mexico into the Lobos in the game. You do have that same season revenge for New Mexico. They're coming in here off that 11-point loss. But one of the reasons I got to New Mexico is the fact that Colorado State came off a big revenge win, and it was their 20th win of the season. So now they're going to take out onto the road in a real tough court here in uh, at New Mexico. I think the Lobos are the right side of this basketball game. All right, there you go. <clears throat> Got the old frog in the throat. <clears throat> a couple other games that came in like that tonight. Lehigh had lost as a, as a 11. They lost by 11 as 7.5-point favorites to Army at home. They went to Army. They won by 31. So uh, I have Murray State right now. They're plus 4.5 at Southern Illinois. They were favored at home by 2 and or two and a half, and they lost by two to Southern Illinois. And Southern Illinois comes off a big win at home against Indiana State on Sunday. Now, Southern Illinois was up nine 
or 11 last I saw, and it's tightened up since then. As I was just looking, it's now 56-52. It was 53-52, so I have plus 4.5. Pay attention to that. And then I also have Providence. Providence lost by 20 at home to Xavier. They're at Xavier tonight, plus 4.5. And and right now they're down 1, 53-52 with 14-16 to go. So we'll keep an eye on those. But a lot of times I like to take the team that lost on their home court as a favorite. They go to the other venue as long as they're, you know, health-wise okay. And... When they're getting points, then you're looking for them because they're determined to win the game because they lost to that team on their home court. So a lot of times, even if they don't get the outright win, they will cover the line, Mark. And I know you look at that scenario as well. I do, Kenny. In fact, when I look at the basketball games, that's what I'm looking forward to, see how the game sets up. What is uh, one team coming off of? What is the opponent coming off of? And what did they do in an earlier matchup? And as you mentioned here, Providence gets beat by 20 on their home court. You find a winning team that's playing a 20-point home court loss revenge, that becomes automatically the right side of the basketball game. And then it just depends upon whether or not the odds maker is being fair with you, and I think plus five was a fair number for Providence tonight. All right. There was also another one uh, that I looked at. I took uh, Longwood tonight, and they're on the extra board, but they're playing NC Asheville, who's a good team, and NC Asheville made me some money handing high point their first loss in the Big South uh, when they got them back at home. But in the first meeting, NC Asheville beat Longwood by four points, 65-61. And Longwood had 21 more shot attempts in that game. So I'm looking, I'm like, you know, and then I'm looking at uh, three-point line. They struggled big time. And they struggled. I think there were three attempts from the foul line. And so I'm like, all right, now they're at home. They were still catching a point and a half. Ended up going down to a pick at the Westgate Superbook. But Longwood did get the outright win, 80-75 to against the better team. So it is fun to... Uh, do the homework. So if you had Lehigh and Longwood, like KT gave out, those were good. But, Mark, over the weekend, I had the five games that I put in with uh, the VEASAN contest. I had Virginia as my first play, and I had crossed out the Citadel. The Citadel was minus 12 in a revenge game. They got crushed at VMI, and I knew they were good enough to bury VMI. But I didn't play it. I crossed it out, and I went with Virginia minus three. And Virginia ends up winning by two at home on Saturday and Mark they were 1 of 11 from the free throw line I have never seen that stat in my life I mean a Tony Bennett team 1 of 11 from the foul line I, I don't th- I mean in all my years and 40 plus years of college basketball games I never remember a stat like that especially from the team that ended up winning a game well tell me they were 1 for 11 from beyond the arc I would say I can believe that just a tough night for uh, three point land but 1 for 11 from the stripe that's incredible, as you mentioned, Kenny. It's a real bad beat, to say the least. Yeah, those are, those are the ones that irk you. And then the worst one was the one that I gave out on Sunday. I circled the game with uh, Seton Hall and St. John's when oh. Seton Hall buried Okay, so Seton Hall had buried them. They were up by 30. They ended up beating St. John's by 15. And I had St. John's in that game in Jersey. But I didn't realize until I was watching the game, where, where the hell's Patino? Well, Patino had COVID, so he wasn't even there on the sideline. So I just circled that game, the revenge. I went back in February 18th. I circled it. I go, oh, when Patino gets him back in New York, he's going to dust him. And first score I saw was 24-13 St. John's. Next score I saw 38-19. And that's when I was like, ah, I don't even have to watch this one. This is going to be a blowout. And sure enough, they not only did they not cover, but they ended up losing the game outright. And the game had gone up from five, I think closed at six and a half. But those are the ones that irk you. And then Patino, of course, getting in his 
uh, in a little bit of hot water there with his uh, press conference, kind of throwing everybody under the bus. Well, he does that. That's his style, Kenny. It's what he does, uh, sort of a Lou Holtz type thing, a Bob Huggins type thing. That's what these veteran Hall of Fame coaches do. Uh, I mentioned tomorrow in the coffee club, I have an interesting read in there about uh, there were 11 teams that I believe DraftKings or FanDuel, one or the other, put up the teams that are on the bubble that would make the tournament. And of the 11 teams that were listed, uh, St. John's was one of them on the bubble. And they were the one that I chose to make the tournament a bubble team like St. John's, as poorly as they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. And my primary reason is is because uh, Rick Pitino, he has a nose, a Pinocchio-style nose, to make his basketball teams play better come tournament time. And I think he'll do just that. I think uh, that loss, the way he, the way he, like you said, put him under the rug in, after that contest, I think was a, a coaching style, a demeanor of Rick Pitino. And you watch and see if he doesn't have his basketball team primed and ready, knocking on the door by the end of the season. There you go. We'll see uh, how how the nose, uh, Jimmy the nose over there, one of, one of the Italian families. There you go, Ricky the nose. We'll see if it comes into play. And I'm sure uh, that gal, Karen Seifer, whatever her name was, was uh, probably hoping Rick would, uh, you know, maybe use the nose, man, and last uh, an extra 30 seconds at the Italian restaurant. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, in, in, inside for those folks that followed that story back in the day. All right, Mr. Lawrence, uh, NBA, are you doing much in the association? Yeah, we're doing really, really well in the NBA, really spot playing it, Kenny, taking it really, really easy. And uh, I'm doing the same thing primarily there that I'm doing in college basketball, and that is setting the table, what I call setting the table. And it's basically looking at these teams and seeing how does the game set up. And, you know, my, my quick menu, if I'm a cook, I'm a short-order cook in the NBA because what I want my team to do is have revenge. I want them off a loss, and I want the opponent off a win. So that's the starting point for me. And if I find those factors in basketball games, then it depends upon how big the win, how big the loss, how big the revenge, what the line is, and so forth and whatnot. But by sticking to my formula, my simple formula, I've done really rather well with it this year. All right. So the association gets back in action tomorrow. After the All-Star break, do you come right back that first Thursday and look to start playing some of these games? Or do you wait a little bit to see, you know, chemistry-wise maybe – uh, the last third of the season, how the teams are coming out of the gate. No, it's a new season uh, for the second half of the All-Star break, Kenny, and I'll let them play one or two games each to get uh, get their sea legs underneath them after the All-Star break. Uh, one of the things that we broke down in our well-oiled machine is how do teams do after the All-Star break. Uh, you know, you have everybody playing tomorrow with either seven uh, or eight days of rest. And uh, surprisingly, when those teams play the next night against a team that is just playing their first game with seven days of rest, they do really, really well having that tune-up game, uh, which you're going to see tomorrow. So watch and see. That's going to apply tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks when Toronto goes in there. Toronto will have that set-up game Thursday. They'll go into Atlanta on Friday, Atlanta's first game back after the break, and Toronto's got a double revenge affair on the double revenge chip on their shoulder here. Watch and see what happens. I think you'll see a big effort by Toronto on Friday. Great stuff from Mark Lawrence helping us out in the association. Going to take a break and come back with Mark. We're going to look at some of the games for tomorrow because I love the Thursday college basketball card. I just love it because you always get those late West Coast games, which is right up KT's alley. Although I should probably play more of those. My good buddy Dave Deneen, he focuses in on the West Coast games. And uh, Dave, I think in first place in our VEASAN contest, doing a great job. I'll... uh, 
Oh boy, I'll do the I'll do the homework. I'll be ready and uh, get those plays, and hopefully, I have a better better uh, results from this Friday uh, putting them in for Saturday's games than last Friday. But still, uh, twenty five more plays to put in, so we'll see how things pan out. KT not uh, waving the white towel as of yet. SportsX Radio one hundred one point five FMK Dawn streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Live at Steiner's Pub, seventeen fifty North Buffalo, one three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Follow Mark Lawrence on X. Of course, uh, the old Twitter. Follow Mark at Mark Lawrence, and it's Mark spelled with a C at the end. And, of course, follow him. Playbooksports.com is where you get all the plays. And when you get it, Mark will tell you. He's got that coffee club deal, and the newsletters are outstanding. Both Mark Lawrence and Andy Isco, who will join me in hour number two, newsletters are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, just so much information and things that you'd never even think of. These guys have angles upon angles. And uh, probably pretty good billiard players as well. We are live from Vegas. We'll be right back. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Coming back here on a hump day, KT Live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley that takes care of you 24 hours a day. Got to be 21 and older, remember that. All the games rolling on right now. Got hockey, college, basketball. No NBA till tomorrow. We were just discussing that coming back from the All-Star break, but Mark Lawrence is with me here finishing up hour number one. And then Andy Isco will join me right there, top of hour number two, as we'll roll on through uh, college basketball heavy this time of year. And uh, NFL draft right around the corner. Mark, uh, you're already doing work for the draft? Yeah, we're starting to get ready for the draft, Kenny. Uh, picking up uh, nuggets uh, each and every day. I, I'm real strong on the web, and uh, I work closely with a, a group called Our Lads. I don't know if you're familiar with them yes, or not. Yes, I love them. I love, yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yes, I, very, very uh, keen on Our Lads. And, uh, you know, that is a one of the greatest public. I mean, Dan Shanka is a gem. Now, how is he doing? Because I know he had a stroke or two. And I know he was he was coming back uh, last. I, I I haven't been in touch in a little bit, but are, you're probably friends with Dan. Uh, you know, not directly. I know his his son-in-law. That's how I know. That's how I know the R Lads people. Although Dan is more my age, uh, but his son-in-law and I are we're putting a, a little bit of a business deal together and uh, working. Uh, really terrific young man. And uh, but he tells me Dan is doing well. He's doing much much better. And uh, it's his goal, his son-in-law, to get uh, the site where it needs to be. They have tremendous traffic on that site, Kenny. I don't know if people oh, know. realize that. But they just don't monetize from it. They just don't monetize from it. Uh, so we're going to help him do something just like that. And uh, uh, hopefully we can make uh, get him back to help and uh, enjoy and appreciate what we're doing. But I'm with you. I'm knee-deep into our lads when it comes to uh, sifting out information on the draft. There's nobody better than them. Exactly. They're fantastic, and their updates on their rosters, college and pro, are outstanding. They have a, uh, a printer-friendly version on both, and I really use them for a lot of stuff. So I will help out as well if we need uh, to use SportsX Radio and, and uh, get some traffic going to our lads and uh, help them monetize that site because it is a fabulous site, and I've used it for I'll many, pa- many I'll years. I'll pass the word along, Kenny. I'll pass the word along. Thank you. Outstanding. All right, let's look at some of the games. Uh, for tomorrow on the College Hardwood, Mark Lawrence. And I'm just going to jump at it because I know you've got your database. And uh, let me see, how about uh, Purdue coming off a loss, and now they're at home minus 16 against Rutgers. Rutgers one of those teams 
that if they play their pace, 16's a ton of points. But you know Purdue, they're smarting after getting beat. Uh, you would think that they're going to be ready in West Lafayette, and Rutgers really doesn't have the firepower. So if this game gets up to double digit digits, Rutgers could be in trouble. They could lose by 20. Well, you know, the problem here, Kenny, is while you'd want to knee-jerk to Purdue off that loss, and Rutgers has got problems. Uh, you know, they've got some holes. Uh, they do a couple of things nice, but you know, they're really, really poor, if you will look at them uh, um, offensively. They just they, they can't shoot a lick. Uh, and so you look at Purdue in this basketball game, but my goodness, they opened up the well-oiled machine, and what do I see here? 0-9 to the spread the last nine games in the series, Purdue against Rutgers. They haven't covered it. It's been, it's been since 2019 the last time they cashed a ticket against uh, Purdue, or against Rutgers, I should say. So, And I'm going to watch the game. I'm not going to back a team that uh, looks like they're going to rebound here, but uh, with the poor history in the basketball game, I'll pass the game. There you go. All right. Uh, I always love jumping around to some of the smaller conferences. Cleveland State, they're at Northern Kentucky, and I'll, I'll look into this game. The Norse at home, minus three against the Vikings. How about Hofstra at home against Drexel? That looks like a good matchup there in the Colonial, and that those two teams are you know right there near the top, and Hofstra at home, minus two and a half. I didn't see how they fared in that first meeting, and I'll always do my homework there. Uh, which will help out a little bit. But Drexel playing pretty good ball uh, early on, and Hofstra seems to be catching their stride right about now. Should be a fun one. Yeah, this should be a good basketball game, Kenny. Two basketball teams, I think, that uh, are evenly matched, in a sense, if you will. And, uh, again, you open up the history book, and you see a lot of W's for Hofstra in the series here. They've, uh, my goodness, one, two, three. I'm going back uh, 10 and 3 the last 13 games in the series is Hofstra. And uh, they did lose to them earlier this year. They dropped a 79-77 decision at Drexel. Drexel. So there'll be a little bit of revenge for Hofstra, who plays in a pretty good home court. Yeah, no doubt. I will definitely look at the pride then as far as that goes, if that's, uh, if that's the deal. They lost 79-77. So that showed me they were right there because Drexel's a tough place to win as, uh, as well. Meanwhile, College of Charleston, they're going to take on Delaware, fighting Blue Hens. And those are two more teams in that Colonial that are very tough. Uh, Delaware on their home court, always tough. And uh, But Charleston, no, no slouch. Uh, do you have it? Who won that first game? Did they have a first game at Charleston? Uh, well, they, now, this will be the only meeting. I think the first meeting okay. this year, probably the only, okay? Right. They met twice last year, and uh, Charleston took them out two times last year. So you have a bit of a double revenge ship from last basketball season there for Delaware coming to the contest here. Uh as far as the game itself goes to so the handicap, uh, you do bring Delaware in here off a, off a, a nice road win. I mean, they laid, four and, uh, laid 12 and a half, got the win, didn't get the cover. Uh, the same thing here for Charleston. Uh, they laid uh, 16 and a half, got the win, and didn't get the cover. So you got two teams off win, no covers in a basketball game like that. And I do know from my well-oiled machine, when you collide those two factors, win and no cover versus win and no cover, the dog usually gets the money. There you go. All right, so Ohio State was that team that beat Purdue, and they are on the road. They're going to be at Minnesota. I like the Golden Gophers when they're underdogs. This is a team that has played much better than anybody would have thought, and all of a sudden they find themselves, you know, over 500. A lot of people thought they were going to be doormats. Uh, Jake Diebler is the uh, interim coach now for the Ohio State University. But he got that big win against Purdue. 
Ah, man, I'm just wondering, is he good enough to uh, cover the three and a half there at Minnesota? Can Ohio State keep it going, or is it just that first game that you look at where they kind of rally around the new coach? Well, what that told me was a lot, Kenny. It tells me that the the team, uh, you know, when they let uh, Holtman go, it tells me that the, the team and him were not on the same page because you saw a monster effort from them the next game when they knocked off Purdue. Uh, the players probably being uh, by this uh, this uh, interim coach let them play their game, and they played an outstanding basketball game doing just that. Uh, but now they're on the road here, and I think they can meet with a little bit of reality if, if you look at the, that here that way. The series has been pretty well split down the middle here. I can see six wins and six spreads the losses to each side of the game. And they did play twice last year. They split out both times. Ohio State won but didn't cover at home. And Ohio State lost the whole game and didn't cover at Minnesota. So tough game. I would lean to Minnesota, though. Ohio State, I think, comes back to earth. All right, so I pretty sure i've got it locked in that on march 4th on that monday i will have washington state head coach kyle smith on the show what a story this cougar team is now they're in tucson tomorrow and arizona just dismantled bobby hurley's sun devils in that rivalry game 105 to 60 are you kidding me on saturday but wazoo is a very pesky team and they play a deliberate style they've got playmakers can they control balo down low and, uh, you know, make sure they stay out there on Larson. It's going to be a very interesting game, but I like Washington State plus double, double digits. You can find 12s, but at the Superbook right now, it's down to 11.5, Arizona minus 11.5. Mark, where are you on this game? Because I'm going to play Wazoo. Well, to me, it's a tough call because you do have nasty revenge in the contest for Arizona. Uh, they did, I think they laid 8.5 at Wazoo and lost the whole basketball game. Uh, but there's also, in the database, it tells you that if a team wins as a home underdog of seven or more and they come back and take seven or more on the road, which Wazoo is doing, you play the road underdog. So I, I like the database. The right I like that database, Mark Lawrence. <laughs> there you go. That is good stuff. All right. Uh, also, Oregon, they're going to be at Stanford at Maples Pavilion. They're only laying one to the Cardinal, but the Cardinal have found ways to get some key home wins this year. Who do you like in that one? Well, you know, this is a, a basketball game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough call here. Oregon's really struggled against Stanford in the past. Uh, a lot of that was maybe early good dominant Stanford basketball teams. But the fact of the matter is they still lost the money five times in a row the last five matchups that they played in the series. Last year they split home and road games last year. It's a tough, tough call for me, Kenny. I'll beg out of this one. All right, Mark, let everybody know they can get involved and uh, get that coffee club and explain everything. I know all the plays they can get at playbooksports.com. Uh, everything's available. With our, you subscribe to our weekly basketball newsletter. You'll get our NCAA tournament guide as a no-charge bonus. That's a must-have tournament guide, playbook basketball tournament guide. And you'll also get the coffee club as a free bonus as well. You can check it out all online at playbooksports.com. Outstanding stuff, as always, from Mr. Mark Lawrence. Same bad time, same bad channel next Wednesday. Mark, it's good to hear you sounding good and clear, and uh, my best to you and Colleen. And by the way, that check is on the way to you. Uh, it was sent out two days ago, so you should have it by tomorrow for uh, my little Annie up from the old wise guys. Congratulations to Mark Lawrence. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming right up. SportsX Radio live at Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Mark Hoke takes us to break. Halfway home, we'll be right back. Live at Steiner's, live from Vegas.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT Live at Steiner's Hour number two. He is at 1750 North Buffalo. That's right, third person. Thompson's over here uh, right inside the Albertson Shopping Center. Again, that's 1750 North Buffalo right there at Vegas Drive. And then you've got the other two, 8410 West Cheyenne, 2050 are the oldest. And in between South Point, Mandalay Bay, on the Boulevard, Windmill, and Las Vegas Boulevard, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South right there. All three 24-hour establishments. Got to be 21 and older. Beef stroganoff special tonight on Wednesdays. Got specials every night. And, of course, happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. So uh, get on down there, get a break on the appetizers. And the other good thing, that and, and uh, the well drinks and the uh, domestic beers, but also uh, loyalty rewards program is outstanding as well. So they, they will give you back. Uh, money based on what you spend. And there's a lot of people that come in here and, you know, spend, and all of a sudden you're going to get, uh, once you accrue $200 in purchases, they send you like this $20 coupon. Come in and use that for whatever you want. So uh, always giving back. Steiner's, great setup, great service, outstanding food, 24-hour establishment, all the sports games, uh, always great gaming and progressive jackpots, all that great stuff. The hashtag is I love this place. There is no question. KT does. 15 years this stint. Uh, I think it's about 19 overall that I've been at Steiner's Pubs. Before I get with Andy Isco, let me just uh, uh, throw some college basketball at you. Uh, As far as revenge game after getting whipped on the road, Samford won but did not cover against Furman. Mississippi State, they're trailing by four, which surprised me. They got off to a 10-point lead, 20-10, to uh, but right now trail. They already lost in Oxford to Ole Miss. So this surprises me that Mississippi State is losing this game. Uh, laid the six and a half. New Mexico minus seven and a half. It's up to eight now, uh, but laid the six and a half earlier in the day. Uh, Wichita State laid the seven and a half against Tulsa. They're up 16 at the half at Cook Arena. Drake minus a ten and a half revenge game against Belmont. They won by 15, so they covered. Uh, Illinois Chicago, another one against Evansville, and uh, they covered big run, and they end up winning by nine. They covered the three and a half. Indiana was down 19, I think it was. To Nebraska, and that game had tightened up a little bit. Let me see where it is. 59-56, so they're only down three now, and they're minus a point and a half. So uh, right now they've outscored Nebraska 25-8 to in the second half after trailing 51-31 at intermission. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Marquette's up 30 at the half on DePaul, 59-29. Kentucky playing well of late, 36-27. They're up nine in the Bayou in Baton Rouge against LSU. Uh, let me see. we got the Games coming up, Mountain West games, Colorado State at New Mexico. Again, the Lobos up to 8.5 now, total 157.5, and UNLV minus 6.5, 131.5 at Clune Arena over there against Air Force in Colorado Springs. The other games that I played were revenge games where the uh, team gets beat on their home court as a favorite. So when they get beat as a favorite, now if they go into the other venue and they're an underdog, 
that's even better, right? Well, uh, but you did have Lehigh. They were a favorite still at Army after losing as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And uh, so uh, minus two-and-a-half, they win by 31 at Army. Murray State is just one as far as against the spread. They were plus four-and-a-half. They lost by four at Carbondale against Southern Illinois. So they get the cover there. Good second half by the Racers. And I got Providence plus four-and-a-half. They got beat at home as a favorite by 20 by Xavier. And uh, last I saw Providence, it actually grabbed the lead in that game. And, uh, yeah, they're up eight now as they've outscored the Musketeers by 18 with 3-0-1 to go in the second half. 77-69, Providence looking to even up the score there. Uh, NC Greensboro, they took both games from Western Carolina, so that one did not work out. But then St. Joe's under 159.5 was the one total. That a buddy gave me. I gave that out today. Clemson minus eight and a half against Georgia Tech after losing by three and double overtime at home at Little John in South Carolina. And they buried Georgia Tech by 24. And then Longwood, who had 21 more shots against NC Asheville in a 65-61 road loss tonight at home. They won 80-75 to as a uh, plus one and a half point underdog. So that a look at some of the games. Going to get with Andy and go over a lot of this uh, college basketball but let me just update a couple things going down the stretch. That South Florida team coming off a big win against Florida Atlantic, and they are at Texas San Antonio. There's two seconds left. They were laying six, and I looked at it. I go, nah, I can't do it. 65-61. South Florida leads with two seconds to go, and uh, doesn't look. I mean, the best you're going to do probably is push if they're at the foul line right now. Illinois State's going to beat Northern Iowa. They're up six with five seconds to go. Redbirds playing really nice ball of late. And uh, keep an eye on those guys as they get into arch madness in the Missouri Valley. Memphis, I looked at this. This was their only meeting with Charlotte, and they just finished off the 49ers 76-52. to You've been waiting for a breakout game from Memphis, who has really been struggling of late. Nebraska hits a three, so they're up six now at Indiana, but still ten minutes to go in that game. Game. Georgia, no problem with Vandy on the road in Nashville. 348 to go in the second half. They're up 1974 to 55. And uh, we will keep an eye on a bunch of these other games as they roll on through. Notre Dame buried Louisville on the road 72 to 50. Nice effort by the Irish there. Uh, Jacksonville State beats Middle Tennessee State by eight. They get the win in the cover in a game that goes over 76 68. The final stunner of the night, really. Oklahoma State goes into Cincinnati as 10 and a half point road dogs and they went outright against the Bearcats 80 to 76 and Bama came back from the dead they were down uh, seven eight points throughout and then Florida it was back and forth second half and the game ends up going into overtime and Alabama wins the game now Florida still covers the line went from Bama seven and a half closed at 10 at the Superbook but uh, Florida loses in overtime by five 98 to 93 St. John's barely got past Georgetown I looked at Georgetown knowing the Johnnies just came off that uh, loss where they blew that 19 point lead against Seton Hall 90 to 85 the Johnnies win against Georgetown but do not cover and Chattanooga no problem they cover get revenge on Wofford after losing to the Terriers they win by 16 laying seven and a half 81 65 in a game that stays under by a point Rhode Island loses again at home this time to Richmond. Spiders get the win in the cover. Richmond was actually a five-point road favorite, winning by eight, 85-77. Game sailing over the total. St. Joe's does beat George Washington. G-Dub with an easy cover there in a game that also stays under. And George Mason beat Dayton, 71-67, three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Patriots win it by four over the Flyers. Impressive there in the Atlantic 10. James Madison, that team's for real, 84-58 there in the Sun Belt, just crushing Marshall on the road. And Mercer, a nice nine-point win against the Citadel, laying seven at home. They win it by nine, game, getting over the total easily. And uh, that's pretty much it outside of the stunner. Illinois losing 
a big lead in the second half, and Penn State coming all the way back and winning the game 90-89. to LaSalle also knocked off St. Bonnie's as a six-point home dog, 72-59. to and uh, that is a look at most of the scores. Andy Isco is with me at Vegas Andy seven one one at Vegas Andy seven eleven. Follow him on Twitter. Andy's big into college basketball, especially this time of year. He's really done all his homework. He's waited. He's making plays now, and he's uh, looking forward to March Madness. AI, how'd you do tonight? Did you take any of those type plays that Mark and I were looking at? Those revenge plays where the team loses on their home court as a favorite, and then they get a another crack at the other team on the road. I looked at a lot of them. I played a number of them. I played um, Drake, who got embarrassed by uh, Belmont, I think by 22 or something the first time they played earlier this year. I did have uh, Richmond uh, tonight. I think this was their first meeting against Rhode Island, and there was just a huge disparity in their free throw percentages. I think Richmond makes something like uh, 74% or something, and uh, Rhode Island's just horrible. Uh, so that was one of the things I liked because it was, a, it was in that spread area where, you know, if your team's leading, you want them to be able to make the free throws down the stretch when the other team uh, fouls. And it's usually when the, the line is, I'll say somewhere around 7 or less, which is a good, uh, good uh, rule of thumb that I use. Uh, I did play Mississippi tonight, plus the points. I mean, remember, this is Chris Beard. Good for you. Good for you. I, I, I'm on the other side, so good for you to play. Yeah, and that's a coach thing. I get it. Chris Beard's a hell of a coach. Not only that, it's his first year. We know what he can do. We know his defensive abilities. And it just figures that a quality coach like that, certainly on the court, is going to bring his, ta- his team along uh, throughout the season. Now, Mississippi got off to a great start this year. I think they were one of the last unbeaten teams to fall, if I recall. Uh, right. So it, it, was a, it was a tight game the first time around, and I felt that 7-7.5 that, uh, seven, seven was worthy. And then I did play uh, UNLV in their game. I mean, that, that was about as ugly a loss as UNLV has ever had, certainly in the last 30 years. And what was, what was especially ugly about that, the game obviously was at home. They, are, they played an Air Force team that we knew was not very good. If I recall, isn't that Air Forces, I think, uh, they only had like one or two wins in conference. And they were down by 15 on their home court at halftime, and they showed nothing in the second half. In fact, they were outscored by 17 in the second half. That's about as poor a performance as you can have. And uh, you know, if, if UNLV is able to, uh, I'm sure they're very well prepared for this game, and I would expect them to win this one by uh, double digits, force Air Force early to play from behind, not let Air Force dictate the pace. Although, obviously, Air Force did fine scoring 90 points in the at a pace that uh, they generally don't play. Yeah, and one of their players, I think, had their first triple-double or something. I mean, it was one of those nights for Air Force to remember and UNLV to forget. In fact, that is Air Force's only win in the conference. They are 1-11, yeah. a game behind San Jose, who's 2-12. and But, I mean, that's why this is such a big game. And so, ordinarily, with the Rebels coming off that rivalry loss at home that snapped their five-game winning streak, I would look to go against them on the road, especially in this spot, if they had beaten Air Force. If they had beaten Air Force, say they beat Air Force 90 to 58, or even if they beat them by 10 or 12 at Thomas and Mack, which they were supposed they to do. They beat them by four. Right. I, I would still look at Air Force to cover this game for sure. But UNLV, because it should be a motivational game, because not only did you get beat on your home court by a team who only has that one win in conference, but they buried you, like you said. 
Well, not just that. It's, it's unlikely that it'll come down to an at-large bid for UNLV, even if they run the table. But that loss to Air Force could be a reason why they lose out to a similarly uh, uh, looked-at team if it comes down to an at-large bid. Probably won't happen, because I don't think UNLV will get enough wins to be under consideration. But that loss to Air Force hurts them. They certainly cannot afford another one and uh, by, by any amount tonight. Yeah, no question about it. And you look back on the uh, game against Utah State where they gave up the five-point play in the waning seconds and, and lose the game by one. Uh, Utah State has one less loss than UNLV. And then that loss Saturday, they're up nine, uh, late second half against UNR, and they end up losing that game 69-66. And then the Air Force loss. So UNLV has had some losses that, you know, they could have easily have won these games. And if they won two of those three, you know, instead of sitting at seven and five, you're talking about sitting at nine and three and being atop the conference. Yeah, you know, we talked about embarrassing losses, and I know you talked about losses like that with Mark. And there was a perfect spot this past Sunday that proves it doesn't always work, and that was UCLA uh, against uh, Utah. They were they were actually about a two two and a half point favorite when it opened. They were bet all the way up to five and a half. They had lost at Utah by forty six earlier this season, and UCLA I think had won five or six in a row coming into this game. So it was like a perfect spot for UCLA to win by a reasonable number. They were actually up most of the game, and they lost at the very end. They were not in. They were covering for a good part of the game, but even at the very and when they lost, they were not in position to cover. But that's a tough kind of loss, and uh, uh, I haven't uh, taken a look at UCLA's next game, but that could be a tough one for them to uh, uh, to come over. That was that was a game that they had pointed towards, considering uh, the embarrassing loss. And again, this is a team that struggled early and had been playing well. So let's see what kind of character UCLA has coming off of that loss, knowing now that they really need to probably win out or certainly make it past the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. Hey, uh, did you do anything with the New Mexico game at home against Colorado State? I considered New Mexico in this game. It was a good spot for them coming off of uh, uh, their, I think, what did they lose to them the first time, as I recall? They lost, um, they lost by eight. They lost by eight, I think. It was, it was a good spot for them because they've been a very consistent team all season. Uh, the line was six, I think, when I considered it. I decided to pass on that because uh, I had those other plays that I liked a little bit more, and then I saw the line go up to eight, and that's uh, you know, it's an indication that I wasn't, that I wasn't think, the only one thinking that way. I may have just been the only one who didn't pull the trigger on it. There you go. Meanwhile, Nebraska, after letting Indiana pull within three, 59-56, a 7-0 run by the Huskers, 7.54 to go. Second half, 66-56 now. Nebraska trying to sweep the season series. Meanwhile, Providence, their lead 77-75 over Xavier. 16 seconds left in regulation. You're plus five in that game. Four and a half is what I've got. Went up to five. All I want is no overtime, and then uh, you should have the cover there. And we will keep you updated on these games. We know you're driving around. We try to uh, make sure you stay updated on college basketball. And there's nothing going on in the association. New Mexico, by the way, out to a 13-2 lead to start the game at the pit in Albuquerque against Colorado State. By the way, is, uh, Ken, uh, were you following along in that uh, Lehigh uh, Army game? I was not, but I, I did look at Lehigh. That was one of the plays that I had because they had yeah, lost yeah, by 11. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, I looked at it at some point in the second half, and I think it was early second half. They were up 78-33. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah, just took care of business in a big way. Yeah, that, that's a... That's a, a decent squad. I mean, these teams play a lot of tough 
non-conference, so when you look at the record, you're like, oh. Mid, middle of the second half. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's his, uh, one of those embarrassing scores, kind of like DePaul. I mean, there's nothing you can do with DePaul except just grin and bear it. I mean, this team is that bad. 72-33. to 33. They trail Marquette with 16-21 to go. If they score another six, yeah. another six points, they can, uh, they can uh, match what Lehigh was doing. There you go. And 15-58 to go. I would think Marquette's going to win that game by 50-plus. I mean, it's just... It could be yeah. like a 108-52 uh, or something. Yeah, it's ugly there. And uh, Marquette minus 27-and-a-half, open to 26-and-a-half there in Milwaukee. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, already on cruise control. Uh, Wichita stayed up 15, 17 minutes to go. Kentucky now up only five in the bayou, laying six to LSU. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Still 16-11 left, 44-39. Cats and now Mississippi State, a 46-44 lead over Ole Miss. 18-59 to go. So the first six points of the second half go to the uh, guys from Starkville. And uh, Pepperdine up 14-5 in Stockton over Pacific, laying seven on the road. You would never think Pepperdine laying seven anywhere on the road, but Pacific is that bad. This is one of the worst Pacific teams. It is actually the worst one that I ever remember, and I've followed that team in the Big West for a long time and now, of course, in the WCC, but they are horrendous and uh, man, not, not good. Meanwhile, the only game, uh, well, actually, there's two games going on the ice right now. Toronto, who will be playing VGK tomorrow, uh, they are leading at Arizona five minutes, ten seconds in, already 2 nothing. So Alex B. Smith will actually be on the show on Friday, big hockey guy as well. And I know he uh, was looking at Matthews. He played him plus 2,000 to get a hat trick tonight. And it wouldn't shock me. If he has one of the first two goals, it definitely won't shock me. Columbus won nothing. They lead Anaheim 11.40 to go first period. And the big game coming up in just a little bit, uh, about two minutes from now, Boston and Edmonton, they'll drop the puck in Alberta. Edmonton minus 135, 6.5 the total. Tell you what, that Oilers team playing good, solid hockey. But Boston, uh, even though they're much better there in New England, what do you think, Andy? Do you take a shot on the Bruins plus 120? Because you're not going to get them as underdogs. But it's always tough to go against, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl at home. Yeah, I mean, if I were going to play it, I would I would take Boston as an underdog for the reason that you uh, that you mentioned. They can win virtually every game, and you know they have to uh, respect Edmonton. It's a team they could be facing uh, later in the uh, in the playoffs if it gets well. It'd be the Stanley Cup Finals, East versus West. But uh, I think it's a game because of the quality of the foe that uh, they will uh, take seriously, and they may do some things defensively to uh, frustrate the Edmonton offense. There you go. Well, we will take our break. We'll come back. We'll look at some overnights as far as college basketball. But I also want to get to the Vegas Golden Knights with Andy next segment and start it there. By the way, Providence up four with just two seconds left in Cincinnati over Xavier. So it looks like the Friars will come all the way back and avenge that home loss by 20 to the Musketeers earlier in the year and look like they'll win in Cincinnati. Not an easy place to win. But a nice effort tonight by the Friars in the second half. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Don stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Keep it going right here at Steiner's Pub. Ken Thompson, the original AI, Andy Isco. Follow him on Twitter. Of course, it is now known as X, but follow Andy at Vegas, Andy 711. I always say at Vegas, Andy 711. Those are the numbers. And, of course, the logicalapproach.com. This guy's newsletter is unbelievable. Him and Mark Lawrence, I talked about it earlier when Mark was on. Both these guys put in so much work. And uh, just a lot of good stuff that they get to you. And it is a final now, Providence 79-75. Take a break, SportsX Radio. Come back live at Steiner's Live from Vegas. Keep it right here.
there. A little Tina Turner on a little Proud Mary on a Wednesday. Mark Hoke spinning the hits. SportsX Radio rolling at you Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here. Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, free app. Download it. Also, 101.5 FM Dawn, And, uh, of course, Andy Isco, hour number two. Mark Lawrence, hour number one on Hump Day. Next Wednesday, Arthur DeCesar will be back with us from the Westgate Superbook. My goodness, those guys put in so many hours during the, uh, the week of getting all those props out, Super Bowl-wise, and, of course, the big game itself. And uh, Dice Man, he's a big UConn guy, so he'll be looking forward to talk some college hoops as well. Andy, what about it uh, before I get it back into hockey? But that was a nice effort by McDermott's boys last night in Omaha, uh, especially because UConn came out 7 nothing out of the gate, number one team in the land. Danny Hurley, heck of a coach. But I'll tell you what, they had all their guys... And uh, Creighton showed me something because the Creighton team we saw out here at the Dollar Loan Center got beat by UNLV. And uh, it just shows you, you know, basketball, you travel away from home, sometimes things get ugly. But you are at home like Creighton with a great crowd. And they had 20,000 there in Omaha. And they were rocking and rolling. They stormed the court. Their first ever win against the number one squad. That's a darn good number one that had won 14 straight games. UConn, I still think they're the team to beat, but at the end of the day, that's a great effort by Creighton last night. Yeah, yeah, right now it looks like uh, actually uh, UConn and Houston seem to be playing the most consistent uh, uh, basketball. Houston really good defensively, you know, especially their first time around in the new league joining the uh, the Big 12. And UConn just all around good. And, you know, the, the win last night by UConn, uh, by, by Creighton over UConn, uh, sets up the situation that you and Mark talked about. I'll be waiting to see, and I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I know when, don't know when or where or against who it'll be. But my first look will be to go against Creighton and on UConn if the situation and the numbers are correct. Yeah, I can't disagree there. That's right. That's what we look for, those uh, specific spots. Uh, speaking of spots, Golden Knights right now shorthanded and uh, get Shea Theodore back after three months last night, but then lose Mark Stone. Don't know how long he'll be out, hopefully just a, a little bit at most. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to get other guys. I know Eichel's about two weeks away uh, from what I'm reading. So it'll be nice to get some of these guys back as you head in toward the stretch run of the regular season, get ready for the postseason. But three straight home losses, and then you got to turn around and play Toronto tomorrow night. Now the blessing is that Toronto's got that game tonight in Arizona and looking to grab two points there. Uh, meanwhile, the Golden Knights, I'm sure, are focused in. Coach Cassidy watching that game, and uh, hopefully they're ready. But your take on the Golden Knights, and what's your take overall, NHL, kind of sum it up. But let's start in the Western Conference. Let's start in the Pacific, because Vancouver's been really solid. And for a young team, for them to keep that pace there between themselves and the Knights, and now they have played two more games than VGK, uh, but initially they had games in hand. Edmonton, we know, had that layoff for a little bit, and uh, so they have games in hand on everybody in the Western Conference, but they are right there three points behind VGK and three games in hand. You're taking the Pacific. Let's start there. Well, uh, Vancouver uh, right now is, is leading the pack and a team that a lot of folks um, haven't been really talking about. The Dallas Stars are playing uh, very well right now. They're, I think, just uh, four points behind Vancouver uh, heading into tonight, and uh, I don't believe any of them play tonight. I don't recall. I don't have the scores in front of me. Uh, Knights, of course, started off the season so well, then they got into that midseason malaise, and then the injuries followed. So they've, they've, they've sort of struggled lately, and yeah, the home losses are somewhat disturbing. I hope it ends tomorrow because I'm expecting to be at the game tomorrow night, so I'd like to certainly come away uh, and see that 
them uh, them win. But there's still a lot of time, and of course, the thing is, uh, especially in hockey, just make the playoffs, and you've got a chance because it's such a physical sport. Seven game series, if it goes that long, takes a lot out of you. And hopefully they'll have Stone and uh, Eichel back and uh, be pretty healthy, and they won't have any issues with the goaltenders. They'll be healthy. And I'm not going to say I would make Vegas a favorite, certainly with the way some of these other teams are playing, but I'd certainly give them a, a reasonable shot to uh, win the West and make it into the finals again. But uh, it's very difficult to repeat. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, Dallas, 76 points. Colorado, 74. Winnipeg, 73. And the thing is, with Winnipeg, they have three games in hand on both Dallas and Colorado. Trail the Stars by three, the Lanch by one. Uh, very impressive, this Winnipeg Jets team. Oh, absolutely. What they did was uh, historic, and uh, uh, then uh, you know, they, they suffered the loss, of course, and uh, uh, they'll get back on track. They're a fun team to watch, and it figures to be a nice race down the uh, uh, the stretch. I mean, yeah, we've got Vancouver with 80, and you got a bunch of teams within 10 points of them with uh, roughly, um, I'd say, a little bit of uh, just under a third of the season to go. Most of these teams have played uh, between uh, 56 and 58 games. I see Winnipeg, of course, uh, as if they needed any advantage the way they've been playing. They've only played 54. So uh, we're looking, I guess, uh, let's say maybe closer to like the two-thirds to three-quarters part of the season. And uh, uh, there's a lot to be decided. But, again, injuries, health, that's going to make, uh, uh, make the, uh, be the, one of the main determining factors. And as we know in the playoffs, hot goaltending will be so important. So you'd like to see uh, the teams that are going to uh, fight for the Cup uh, get some good cold goaltending down the stretch. And, of course, that includes the Knights. There you go. So in the Eastern Conference, uh, as Boston has grabbed the one nothing lead in Edmonton, five minutes in that game as we pay attention. But when you look up in the Atlantic, all of a sudden the Florida Panthers are one point ahead of those Boston Bruins going into this game. They've won six in a row. They've won nine of their last ten. They're sitting there with 78 points. And in the Metropolitan, the Rangers have played the same amount of games as the Panthers. They would be one point back or the same amount of points as the Boston Bruins with the same amount of games, 56 played. The Rangers have won eight in a row. So this team's starting to peak as well. And uh, they've opened it up to a six-point lead on Carolina, who's in second. Carolina does have a game in hand. But uh, Blue Shirt's starting to play well again. Yeah, they are, and uh, uh, you mentioned uh, Boston also. So all three of them entering tonight have played the same 56 games. Of course, Boston will have played 57, so they could actually leapfrog both the Rangers and uh, the Panthers with a win. But again, they'll uh, they'll then have a one game, have played one more game than the other two teams. Uh, you know, still a lot of games to be played, but even at this point, a six-point uh, gap for the top three teams over whoever's in fourth. And right now, it happens to be. Uh, uh, Carolina is a nice uh, is a nice cushion, but you still have to keep playing well. Again, uh, you know, if you got uh, let's say 25 games left or 26 games left, that's 52 possible points out there. It's going to take you know between probably 115 and 120 to uh, uh, to win the President's Cup at the end of the season. And uh, I still like uh, the way Boston has been playing all season. All right, so let's jump over to the association. Well, rooting for uh, the Rangers. Of course, there there you go. Good stuff. All right, so the association gets back on track tomorrow, and uh, the Knicks went into the uh, all-star break, dropping four in a row. They're very shorthanded, uh, missing guys, uh, but Philly's not going to feel sorry for them because they're missing their guys as well, uh, well, especially Joel Embiid. That's really you know the, the main cog there that makes those Sixers go. 
they are playing each other tomorrow in Philly. Philly a one-point favorite. I know uh, Mark says he'll wait a little bit. Do you do the same thing out of the shoot, getting into the, uh, I don't want to say the second half because they played more than half the games, uh, but in the, you know, the last, you know, say uh, three, the last two-fifths of the season, will you look to uh, go right back at it after the All-Star break, or do you wait a game or two? You know, it depends on the situation. I heard Mark's discussion about the uh, Toronto-Atlanta situation. He likes to go with uh, uh, Toronto having had a game under their belts. It makes a lot of sense uh, with uh, Toronto playing tomorrow and then uh, on Friday. Uh, what concerns me about that and what sort of off-gate, uh, negates or offsets that a little bit is the fact that Toronto will be playing tomorrow at home and then having to travel to Atlanta. You know, I would have preferred a lot better if Toronto were at home and they were playing the second of back-to-back home games and Atlanta were visiting them uh, with Toronto having the game under their belt. So uh, again, it's a matter of how you look at it, but in general, I do like to wait to see a few games. I like to see what adjustments the coaches may have made as far as rotations go uh, during the time off. Also, how many injuries have been been able to heal because again, you have been inactive for uh, eight or nine days, generally seven or eight, eight or nine days, depending upon when you played uh, your last game prior to the uh, All-Star break. I've already seen that LeBron has been ruled out of uh, of their game, uh, which could uh, uh, which could uh, be a little bit of a telling thing. I mean, he didn't. Nobody really broke much of a sweat in that All-Star game, other than uh, uh, the fact that they were running constantly, but they weren't certainly facing any tough defense or even any defense there. But yeah, to answer your question, I'll wait a couple of games for the most part if I see a situation that I like, but I'll probably wait till after the weekend before I get back into the NBA as far as wagering goes. All right, just uh, drop back on that NHL. Matthews did get his 50th in the first period, and they are on a four-minute power play right now. Toronto up 2 nothing at Arizona. Two to go for Alex B. Smith, trying to get that hat trick at a plus 2,000. Uh, Alex B. joining me on Friday night. Looking forward to that. Keep an eye on these games that are rolling. Blue Jackets, Columbus up 2 nothing in Anaheim on the Ducks. Late first period in the Bruins, still that one nothing lead seven minutes in at Edmonton. We'll keep an eye on these games as we roll on forward. Andy Isco with me. AI, let's jump back and uh, get into uh, some of the college basketball that's going to be coming up on Thursday. And I told you I love the Thursdays because uh, you get a, we get a lot of these West Coast games. And it, it's good for us because we're able to you know stay up late and watch some games and, and kind of relax and kick it. Uh, by the way, LSU a one-point lead, 11-41 to go over Kentucky, 50-49. to Mississippi State likewise a one-point lead in Starkville, 12-16 to go, 56-55. And Colorado State was down 12. They're now up three, 21-18. New Mexico's been stuck on 18 for a long time. So the Rams coming to play. Medved's got them focused with 8-31 to go in that first half. UNLV and Air Force the way, top the game of the, of the night tomorrow is not on the West Coast. The game of the night tomorrow. Let me see. I will tell you. Game of the night. Hold on. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the game of the night. You might get it because it's a team you like. Hmm. A team that I like. So that means it's a mid-major. Okay. So let me. uh, Yeah. No. Let me see. Knocking. Okay. Cruising on down. Northwestern. I'm looking. I'm looking. AI and Santa Barbara. No. I, I did say Wazoo in Arizona. I said I liked Wazoo. Second best game of the night. That's the second oh. best game. Oh, that's the second best game. Best game is a matchup between the number one and two teams in a certain conference. Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, so I'm going to go down to extra board here and uh, cruise on there. It's not it is, extra. It's board. not quite a West Coast game technically, but you might think of it as that. 
Oh, okay, so it must be a big sky game then. Uh, you're, on, you're on the right track. Okay, so I'm on, on the right track. I'm scroll- oh, Summit, I like the Summit too. Uh, let me see what's going on there. No, Denver and South Dakota. No, I, Andy, what? Okay, wait, UMKC. I'm looking, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and... It's before, I, it's before the UMKC game. Just before it. Right, uh, Grand Canyon and Tarleton State. Yes, Tarleton State. Is Gillespie still there? Uh, I haven't checked. You know what? I mean, that is, and I will, I will check that real quick because that team, I mean, out of nowhere, that team playing pretty solid basketball, and Grand Canyon, though, they come off nearly getting beat by a shorthanded Cal Baptist team. That's what blew my mind because Daniels was out, leading scorer for uh, the Lancers, and they darn near beat the Antelopes. What's that? I like the win that they're not coming into this one off of a loss. In fact, <clears throat> Grand Canyon's won seven in a row. Tarleton's won six in a row. Grand Canyon's nine and one in their last ten. Tarleton's eight and two. In their first meeting at Grand Canyon, Grand Canyon beat Tarleton by 26 points. Wow. And they're laying six. Wow. I'm going with the home team tomorrow. The second place team in the conference. Okay, so... Well, tar- okay. So you're going with uh, you're going Tarleton. with Tarlin. Tarlin, yeah, it's down to five now. So okay, I can't argue with you. I was just trying to see because uh, I remember Gillespie was there, and uh, I'm trying to find it, and I don't even I don't even they're not even listed in the. It, so we we love the book, right? Blue Ribbon. They don't even have Tarleton State in here. That is unbelievable. They must have must have printed it before they got Tarleton State. Yeah, they've been a D1 team for a few years now. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make, I mean, it makes no sense to me why they wouldn't be in there. But I'll check uh, it during we'll, our next break. Yeah, we'll we'll do that, and we'll we'll take that break in just a sec. But you're you're saying take Tarleton State? It's down to five. You still like them? Yeah, I agree with you. They I, I think win Tarleton, that game. Yep. Uh, but you know, especially since Grand Canyon had a much tougher time than expected. I like going against teams that are nicely favored and have a tough time, but still get the win and are on the road in their next game against a quality team. Now, you couldn't tell Tarleton's a quality team based upon the first time that Grand Canyon played them and beat them by 26, but that may also give Grand Canyon a little bit of uh, overconfidence. There you go. All right, we'll look for it. Way to play it, I think. Although Bryce Drew will be all over the Antelopes, too, because they played a lethargic game, probably uh, realized they had pummeled Cal Baptist in the first game on the road, and then they were at home, and Baptist was missing their top scorer, Dominique Daniels. So probably thought they had a cakewalk, and instead they nearly got beat on their home court in Phoenix. So uh, we will get, get to some of these overnights. We'll look at Ohio State and Minnesota. We'll look at some of the Horizon League action. There's some good games, and a couple of the games I threw up Mark Lawrence on the, in the Colonial. Drexel and Hofstra, College of Charleston and Delaware, a couple of good games right there. Uh, also, the Horizon's been a lot of fun. You got Oakland, Golden Grizzlies. How about Campy in his 40th year there, head coach for Oakland? They were Division II for a long time, but uh, they do not embarrass themselves at the D1 level. They are a fun team to watch, and uh, they have been lights out there in the Horizon. So we'll touch on some of those games. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that Odyssey app with the original AI, Andy Isco. Do not forget, if you fall demographically between the ages of of 40 and 72, Dr. John Pierce has it going on here in Las Vegas in the Valley with the Preventative Diagnostic Center. So it is pdcenterlv.com. That's the website. 
You can give a call now. You can leave your name and number. They'll get back to you with a free educational consultation. Talking about, again, if you fall demographically between 40 and 72, Dr. John Pierce has the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. has software that detects myocarditis and pericarditis, which are major on the heart. We've seen a lot of it since uh, COVID came into play. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes, and a few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. So they have this scanner that can internally take a look at your organs. And, uh, again, that scan only takes a few minutes. You wait a few days, and you're going to get a report back. And that's pretty incredible news that you can uh, get that type of information. They have a heart CT scan and calcium score special. It's been running for about three years now. And it's $125, $125 for a $600 value to get your heart checked out, make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. And then your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you get your tickers checked out for a total of $125, a $1,200 value. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. 534-7900 is the number. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, again, pdcenterlv.com. Go check out the scanner. Some FYI questions answered. And say hello to Dr. John Pierce. Make sure you tell him Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. Take our final break of the evening. Mark Hoke, our producer, has his own show coming up on Sunday, the best in professional wrestling, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn, like Sports X Radio. And also, we both stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it now. We're live from Vegas, live at Steiner's. I'm Ken Thompson with Andy Isco. You're listening to Sports X Radio, live from Vegas. We'll be right back. I'm walking Here's the thing, and I'm talking about you and me. I'm hoping that you come back to me. I'm lonely as I can be. I'm waiting for your company. I'm hoping that you come back to me. What you uh, little Fats Domino as we uh, wrap things up here on a hump day. Marco, great job always picking out the music and uh, getting it together. For KT and SportsX Radio and his own show, of course, on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the Mark Hoke Show, Best in Professional Wrestling. Andy Isco with me, final segment. Going to throw some of Thursday's college basketball games at AI, go rapid fire, update Toronto up 3-0 now, and that looks to be, I believe that's after one. Let me just see if Matthew's got a second. And uh, no, he did not. Nylander got the uh, last goal. So it's 3-0 after one in Arizona. Maple Leafs up also 3-0 after one. Columbus up on Anaheim. And uh, Warinsky's got two of those three there. Goudreau's got the other one for Columbus. And Edmonton Edmonton is tied up Boston as uh, Fogley got the uh, tying goal. And there's still 5.58 to go in that first period. Bruins and Oilers all deadlocked at one apiece. All right, let's jump back into the college hoops and get into that Thursday slate with Andy Isco. And uh, he's already given you Tarleton State as one of the games he's going to be playing tomorrow. Meanwhile, here's some of the... He is still the coach. In fact, I think it's as long as he's ever been at a college, uh, at a university. He's uh, in his fifth season at Tarleton. There you go. All right, and he's done a nice job there. There's no question. He's been at about seven colleges. Yep, including Kentucky. Actually, but he also coached, uh, I think it was a... Division uh, junior college for a few years after, uh, I want to say it was after the Texas Tech uh, situation. Yep, there you go. All right, uh, Hofstra up to four, was two and a half, now up to four. So uh, talked a little bit about the pride trying to get a little revenge on a two-point loss at Drexel 
Andy is still, uh, I, I don't like four, not, not like two and a half. Two and a half I like because it's under three. Uh, that's, a, that's a big jump there. Well, they're playing the better basketball right now. They're nine and two at home. They're eight and two in their last ten games overall. Drexel six and four, so they're playing winning basketball. Uh, I'd have to go back and take a little bit of closer look at that first game, but I, I would right now at uh, at four and a half after open two. Uh, I would I would want to see if I can get, give Drexel a look, but I probably won't play the game. All right, so Delaware is catching a point and a half from Charleston, and this is their only meeting. Uh, I I can't do it. I mean, I'll, I'll play Delaware or nobody in this game. Where are you on that one? You can make a case for either team. It is their first meeting. I think it's their only meeting this year. Right. Uh, Charleston seven and two away from home. Delaware seven and three at home. Both teams seven and three in their last uh, ten games. Although Charleston is on a uh, five-game winning streak, and that's what sort of keeps me away because in this type of situation, uh, if if Delaware was not playing as well as they are. Uh, but uh, had a little bit of a better winning streak coming into this game with a little bit more momentum. You know, it's at one and a half. It's essentially a pick 'em game, and exactly that's exactly where I made the line. Charleston one and a half. All right, never easy to win at Robert Morris. It's not the best Robert Morris team that we've seen over the years, but it's a pretty good Oakland Golden Grizzly team. Oakland minus five and a half at Robert Morris. I'll probably stay away because that line looks about right. And Robert Morris is pesky and can step up and beat you. Yeah, I didn't do anything with that one as well. I do like this Oakland team. Um, I have them about a five-point favorite in this game. Uh, Robert Morris, uh, very mediocre team. Oakland is playing well, 8-2 and two in their last uh, 10, won three straight. But uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those games tonight, for example, where St. Bonaventure went into LaSalle and beat them straight up. I could see the kind of thing uh, happening uh, where LaSalle beat them, upset them uh, straight up. Uh, St. Bonnie's favorite by six in that one. I could see this one being a little bit similar, although Oakland does have the ability to pull away late, but I would expect this to be a competitive game, and the line's pretty much uh, where, I, uh, where I expected it to be. All right, so uh, six and a half is with Florida Atlantic late to SMU. I like the total over 154, but I like Florida Atlantic coming off the loss against uh, South Florida on the road. I, I believe the Owls will be refocused and take care of business against SMU. Yeah, both of these teams are, are playing very well, notwithstanding the loss. Uh, they're both 8-2 and two over their last 10 games. Florida Atlantic, a strong home court. They're 10-1 and one there this year. Uh, SMU has been playing extremely well. I said they're 8-2. and two. Well, they won six in a row uh, after, I guess, they would have been 2-2 two and two after the four of those 10, and now they've won uh, uh, six in a row. Uh, they're about, what, five-and-a-half, six-point favorites in that one. Uh, I was on South Florida, uh, plus the points against Florida Atlantic. Didn't expect them to win the game, although playing at home, it's not that a surprise. And actually, they nearly gave that game away. They had something like a 23-point yeah. lead in that game, and yep. then it got real tight down uh, towards the uh, uh, towards the end, but uh, uh, South Florida held on. Uh, so I think we get a good focused effort out of Florida Atlantic, and whereas I would uh, normally like to play them in this spot, SMU is just playing so well with a great amount of confidence right now that you know there's enough leeway in this one for uh, SMU to... Uh, lose but uh, uh, be competitive and that's why I can't play this game because my numbers uh, can make a case for SMU but the spot calls for Florida Atlantic what about Minnesota that at the Westgate now it's gone up uh, 
a half point to Minnesota minus four against Ohio State. Ohio State coming off the, the win against Purdue uh, with the interim coach now. Uh, do you look at the Buckeyes again or do you look at Minnesota? Because Minnesota, like I said, they're fun to play when they're a dog. Uh, I like the kid Garcia. He plays hard. There's no question. And uh, kind of unorthodox, but a, a good, solid player. Where are you on this one? Again, this is another situation where uh, I would like to play Minnesota, but I don't know what to make of Ohio State. I don't think they've won uh, away from home this year. Uh, at least I can't recall when they did, or if they did. But more importantly than that, with the new coach, uh, the interim coach stepping in there to take over Holdman, uh, you know, you know they go. And it's also obviously a letdown spot. Uh, beating Purdue. So I don't know what to make of them, and they don't have to win this game. They just have to play with the level of intensity and focus that they had in that game against Ohio State. So normally I would play Minnesota because it would be a fade against Ohio State, but with the coaching change, not quite sure what to make. Sometimes, yeah, they'll win the first game for the coach, and then they'll level off. But also there are many times where they'll ride that momentum, especially uh, when they uh, realize that they're a better team than they've shown, and there's still plenty of games left to at least make a run and get them themselves in position to at least do some damage in the Big Ten tournament. So I'll know a little bit more about both of these teams, especially Ohio State, after this game. Yeah, I can't wait to get into the March Madness stuff with UAI as we get into conference tournaments and all that good stuff. And then, of course, the big dance and the other tournaments. Always a lot of fun with you, with Mark Lawrence, with uh, Chuck Edel, Matt Humans, all these great basketball aficionados. I love it. And my good buddy Dave Deneen, man, winning the VEASAN contest right now. So I'm um, hoping to hold his uh, coattails, but I'm hoping to rebound on Friday and get some good plays in there. AI, appreciate you as always. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, buddy. Have a great weekend. You too, Ken. Best of luck uh, with your plays and in the, the contest as well this week. There you go. Great Andy Isco at VegasAndy711 at VegasAndy711. And that'll do it for KT Live at Steiner's. Thanks to Mark Hoke. Thanks to Mark Lawrence. Thanks to you, the listeners. Thanks to our PSR Law Hotline, Hannah Shea, Rabaputi, the best in personal injury. Folks, you know the rules. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Steiner Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM Don. Streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. It's been fun. It's been real. We'll talk to you tomorrow night on Throwback Thursday. God bless. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.